This is Workflow, episode 21. Workflow is the podcast that helps teams figure out the best way to work, collaborate, and get stuff done. Brought to you by Rindle. Hey everyone, I'm Tom. And I'm Brian. And we're the co-founders of Brindle, and this is our podcast, Workflow. Today we're talking about five myths about more productive teams. Cool. So before we get into that, Tom, what's going on? So we just released tasks uh, this past Tuesday, um, which is pretty exciting. Uh, Scott really took the lead on that and did uh, the bulk of the actual implementation there. Um, and it turned out it turned out pretty well. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh, the launch went off on time, which is always a great thing, as we planned. Um, we had a bunch of content to release around it and things like that as well. But I think overall, it's a, a better improved experience for our users. And um, I'm already enjoying it. I mean, I, I actually <laughs> hit everybody up in Slack when we released the night before and said, hey, I'm already using tasks and in a better way than I was was using what, what used to be the dashboard. So uh, definitely an improvement right off the bat. Yeah, definitely. It definitely feels uh, better. We're actually already making some small tweaks to it because uh, we're using it. So that, that's a pretty awesome thing. Yeah, so Becky, my wife, has been looking around uh, for uh, someone to take some Christmas photos for a Christmas card to send out. And my gosh, like that is the business I think I'll go into uh, next because it, the the actual taking of the photos is like, that's where they get you. It's like so, so inexpensive. And then all of a sudden you're like looking at these packages for them to like touch up like five photos. It's like, you're like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to put like a different person in there? Like, I, I don't know what kind of touching up you're doing, but the amount of money that they're charging is just absolutely absurd. I had a similar experience with just my third child being born and they have a photographer that comes around uh, when you're in recovery, right? Because you're in the hospital for a few days and the same thing, you know, the photographs are free. So they come in, they'll set the baby up, they'll take all the photos and they really get you on the packages yeah. where it's, you know, multiple, multiple hundreds of dollars uh, for some of the packages, which is crazy. No. And I mean, bo both of us obviously um, are in this agency where we kind of have an understanding of what it takes. Uh, I mean, we don't do like photo retouching, but like photo retouching that they're doing for these photos is probably pretty minimal. And the, actual amount of like they're not spending more than a couple minutes on a photo right <laughs> it's it's definitely not even like uh, a half an hour or an hour on a photo and it's just crazy how much <laughs> they want you're uh, paying for the convenience you know yeah uh, we're lucky enough we do pictures every year um just because we use them for our postcards we you know we send a postcard out for christmas and stuff like that so and we like to have like a log of a family picture every year um, luckily, we have a friend um, through Alexander's, my wife's network, um, who is a photographer. And so we've been using her. So not too expensive, but it's, we're not paying for packages. She's just a photographer. So she just gives us the digitals. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we can just go and print what we want to print, which is a lot cheaper, obviously, than going through a company like that where you have to buy packages of pre-printed stuff. Crazy, crazy. Tis so the what, season. What, so, yeah, really. So <laughs> what's uh, – so, yeah, speaking of tis the season, it's also snowing outside right now. It's really coming down hard. Um, first snow of the season, which is pretty early, November 15th. 
Uh, so that's pretty crazy too. Anyway, so what's going on with you? Yeah, so I've been, you know, I've had my iPad Pro, as I mentioned on a previous episode. I've had it for about, I don't know, solid week at this point, a little more. And um, first reaction is good, actually. I think I'm um, using the keyboard with it. Um, they do have command tabbing, like I'm used to on my Mac. So that's pretty great to kind of jump between applications. I think the one weird thing is still like feeling out, like sometimes you can't, like when I'll tab to an application, for example, and the cursor is not active, so I have to touch the screen. And some apps don't support some of the shortcuts they have, or well, may never support it, and I have to touch the screen to do something. I'm still getting used to that. But so far, I'm, it's already getting more a little more comfortable because the device is so close to me that you know, it's not like a computer or a laptop where the screen is so far away, right? Potentially, especially a monitor that you'd have to reach across and touch it. It's right there. So getting used to that. But I will say like note taking has been great. I'm already more organized. I think with my notes, I'm using it for handwritten notes, and you know, keep those digitally organized, which has been awesome, get them out of kind of scrap paper. Um, and <clears throat> realize that Evernote, because I used to use Evernote, started charging per device, which I'm not a power, you know, I'm not a power user of Evernote. I basically use it for basic notes. I know that it's super functional and has crazy features. I know some people are really, you know, crazy power users of it. Um, I'm not, so I didn't feel the need to pay for that. So I'm, I'm using Apple Notes now, and because it does naturally sync between all my advice devices, because I'm basically on all Apple devices. So that comes included. And I mean, it's obviously not as functional as Evernote, but for my needs, um, pretty good so far. They don't, have, they don't even have embedded structures for like folders and stuff. It's just one layer of folders. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's something I can live with just to kind of get notes, capture them and keep those things organized. Most of the things I do are digital anyway, within Rindle, within other applications. So, um, so, so far so good. I've been using it in that respect. I'm gonna travel uh, a bit uh, for the holidays coming up. So I'll see how that works. But um, so far I'm liking it. Cool. Very cool. Um, and I'm still walking, which is also a good thing. So I've been keeping up with my daily walks, which I'm starting to get kind of in the groove with and kind of become part of the norm, become a habit. Um, one thing I'm noticing, which is interesting, is that I was listening to podcasts on my walks. And I wasn't, you know, I don't know, I just felt like I wasn't getting the benefit of like the mental break. Um, and I've been the last couple been walking without any earbuds in my ears, no music, no podcast, just kind of my own thoughts. And it's been really good for my mental state. Like as far as thinking about things I need to think about, you know, getting out of my office environment, right. Kind of resetting. So mm -hmm. that's been interesting. Cause I kind of had to figure that out as I went, I, I naturally thought, Hey, I want to use earbuds. I want to hear music or something. Right. Cause I'm going to be bored, <laughs> sure. but it's actually been way better without them. Yeah, you. Uh, I when I run, I I don't um, have earbuds in. So every now and then, I will put music on, uh, like on my phone, and just have it play so I can hear it. Um, but for the most part, I, I much prefer not um, not having music or not having anything on. You, you can really like pay attention to what's happening around you a lot, a lot more easily. Yeah. Which is actually uh, <laughs> it's a big safety issue too. Like especially, I, I mean, we don't live in super. Uh, trafficy areas but um you'd be shocked with <laughs> every now and then a car comes around the corner and <laughs> if you, yeah, had no, it, you wouldn't hear it yeah it definitely is a safety concern i do like the i use the apple earbuds um and i do like those because they're not like noise canceling like you know some earbuds they kind of like suction into your ear 
you know, um, and it really does feel like you can't hear the outside. But with the earbuds and and with normal Apple uh, earphones, actually, even the wired ones, but I always feel like I could generally hear. It's not so suction off or or these big kind of earphones. Like I have like bigger earphones too that I listen to music on. If I'm like mm-hmm. you know, and those really you really can't hear much of what's going on around you. <laughs> um, sure. So luckily. Yeah, for safety reasons, those are pretty good. But yeah, it's definitely a safety concern if you're too too distracted. Absolutely. Cool. Before we get started, though, uh, if you have any questions, topics, or team scenarios that you want us to tear down, uh, our voicemail number is 860-577-2293. You could also email us at workflow at rindle.com. Great. Yeah, if you're liking what you're hearing as well, please leave us a review. definitely helps us reach more people and also lets us know that you're you're digging what you're hearing always a good thing awesome yeah so let's get into the main topic five myths about more productive teams do you want to give a little background as to uh what the overall topic's about yeah i mean basically just talking about you know five myths you know getting it around a number that we can wrap our heads around as we talk about them um, but you know, a lot of things that I know you and I have talked about over the years, and we've even mentioned some of these in previous episodes, you know, things that just don't make your team more productive, or a, a lot of times we're talking about doing work faster and getting more things done and all these things to kind of shortcuts around, you know, making your team more productive, you know, and it's just a lot of them are myths. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it'd be cool to kind of just run through these five and, uh, just tackle each one and give our personal experiences and opinions. Absolutely. Yeah. And some of them I think are, uh, might come across as a little counterintuitive, but, uh, yeah, just bear with us. So, uh, let's roll right into it. Myth number one, harmony helps everyone should get along. Yeah. This one, you know, we touched on in episode 18, just recently, why your team should disagree. Um, you know, this is really something that, you know, (laughs) Hey, let's all get along, right. It'll be better if we all agree and, and move forward. It's really a myth. And, you know, it's kind of proven with a lot of things we talked about in the episode, but just that in general, that, you know, disagreement is healthy. If you control it, all those things, you're actually going to hopefully get a better result as opposed to kind of just everything's harmonious and we all agree and everything. And we're never going to really push the envelope and move things in a way they should move. Sure. Yeah. I I mean, uh, I think it is important that um, you work with people that, uh, you know, you you don't mind going out and, and, you know, grabbing, grabbing a drink with. Right. But, uh, you know, you you don't have to do everything with them, you know, and that that's not really the feeling that you should be getting with uh, people you work with, because if you're surrounded yourself with like people that you always want to hang out with, like they're most likely almost too similar to you and they're probably not helping, you know, push the envelope enough right you you need some people with different thoughts different ideas different uh different way of life yeah they say you know opposites attract (laughs) but um you know even what we talked about in episode 18 as well you know just the different agendas too you know if you if everybody has the same agenda and the same you know kind of personality like you're saying it's just really it's kind of boring right it's just going to be kind of like hey we're not really pushing each other there's no real edge to our team um and there's no you're not bringing any different aspects or different outlooks to the team. So I think, you know, opposites do attract in a a lot of ways for a lot of reasons, Uh, not only in relationships, but in relationships within teams and working relationships. I think it does definitely kind of push the team in a direction that is going to be better for whatever you're working on. 
Yeah, and I, I think this, uh, you can look at this at like a, a micro level, like within departments and also a macro level, like, uh, but especially at the micro level, like it, within developers or whatever, you typically have like stereotypical developers and it, it's good to get people in there that, you know, change it up a little bit, you know, that some people that are old school or new school or, you know, different, different ways of thinking or and different ways of um, approaching problems. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely a good thing. So myth number two, it's good to mix it up in your team. And I think you were just commenting on that, but I think this is really more like as far as a myth saying, oh yeah, we should constantly mix up teams, right? Like as far as like, oh, we'll keep one team on together for a month then change it up for another month then change it up for another month. So we're always getting new blood in. And I think we've experienced this time ourselves as far as like, even from a development standpoint, you know, the longer members stay together as an, as an intact group, the better they do. And I think even at Rindle, like we have that scenario where you get to know each other, right? You get to know how each other works and it just starts to run smoother, right? And you start to figure out, well, how is the best way to work together? What is the workflow? Um, and then if you're constantly changing that, <laughs> right, it kind of throws a wrench in the works. And, you know, even from a, a development aspect, you know, like, you know, bringing uh, a new a new developer into the mix or something like that, yes, could add a new energy to the team or anything like that, but you have to get them onboarded. They have to figure out the workflow. They might have opinions, right? It's just going to constantly mix things up and change. Sure, yeah. Um, you, you start to learn people's strengths and weaknesses, like, and, and um, you know, you can, uh, I don't know if cover is the right word, but, you know, you, you can, like, basically uh, supplement each other's strengths and, and weaknesses a little bit. Um, the, the longer that you know them as opposed to if it's a fresh person you know you kind of have to figure that out as you go and it, that definitely is uh, a bit of a um, there's a learning curve there and, and a learning curve is always a, a bit of a time sink um, so yeah keeping keeping uh, you know the same group intact like even if you look at a football team or a baseball team or basketball team or anything like the longer the same players are playing together the, the better they typically do I mean not not all the time, but for the most part. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, um, this is a little tidbit that a lot of people don't know about me, at least uh, listening, but you know, I did competitive swing dancing for a while and um, I was on a dance team for a while actually. And we did choreographed uh, pieces that, uh, you know, we put together to a piece of music and we performed them. Um, but you know, that's a perfect example, similar to a basketball and, and baseball team, like you mentioned, but you know, you're learning, you're together, right? Over time, you're practicing, you're getting together, you're figuring out how everybody's going to work together. You're pairing up people potentially based on certain strengths and weaknesses. And then all of a sudden somebody gets hurt or a new person comes in, has a sub out or somebody gets sick, whatever it is, it just throws a major wrench in the works just because you're so used to, you know, one way of doing it or together as a certain team. And it, and it really is not as good. It really is. From that experience, I can say, it definitely is not as good. It takes time then again, right? With that new person or the new set of people to get back to where you were with the solid team. Absolutely. So myth number three, uh, bigger is better. Larger groups will produce a better result. So uh, th this has been disproven, you know, time and time again. Uh, there's a, a famous uh, programming, uh, programming book, I believe it's called The Mythical Man Month. Uh, and, and it kind of gets into this in, in detail, but like, basically if, if you, you know, have, if you double the number of programmers, your thought might be that you'll be able to get something out twice as fast, but in actuality, it might take 
two times longer to get it out. Um, or uh, like, like it definitely is probably gonna take longer because there's basically like a, a, an upper limit to where you can add more people to produce results faster. Yeah, and not only faster, but also better, right? So making it a larger team also doesn't mean that it's gonna be a better result potentially um, because, you know, there's more effort to manage a bigger team, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, it could add to the timeline, all that stuff, but it's just harder to do. Sometimes a smaller team is actually better. You're actually gonna get a better result from a smaller team than a larger team. So that's kind of a myth in itself. Um, but also I've seen this myself too with larger teams, there's definitely a chance of, of free riding. So like people who can kind of hide in a larger team <laughs> and kind of kind of ride on some other people's coattails or kind of not work as hard because the rest of the team is carrying them, uh, carrying them. But, you know, as far as a small team, that's a lot harder to do. If you have a small team and, and somebody's not carrying your weight, it's pretty evident pretty quickly. I guess the, just also in the same in the same breath, though, like if you are feeling overwhelmed or, or things are taking too long, like your team could be too small, right? You might need to add a couple more people to improve things. I mean, there, there's definitely a chance there. Um, and if you usually it's not just that easy to add add people you know there's budget concerns there's a lot of concerns uh with adding people well to that point i was saying you know i think in the end you know we've always talked about this too like adding people isn't a quick fix you know so if you have yeah. a problem at hand like even for us sometimes we're like oh we'd really like to get something done a lot quicker oh could we add some more developers well in in technically yeah i guess we could but really that's not going to solve our problem um a larger team is not going to make the result better or really get it done faster right so we have these conversations all the time actually where it's like well is it the right time to hire maybe to get some some things moving faster or not um most of the time we end up saying no <laughs> right and because i think a lot of times we're just trying to move things unrealistically faster and we think adding a person on is going to be the right choice yeah definitely yeah i think uh when hiring especially at a startup you you almost need to have very a, a very specific role that someone's going to be coming on taking over and uh and you should definitely expect that they're not going to be productive for uh, a period of time which is unfortunate but you can't really have uh long periods of unproductive people in in the startup world yeah i think too like larger teams too i think about i think about some of the projects we used to do back in the day where you know, we'd have a big customer, right? And we're doing a logo design or something, right? Or some kind of branding exercise. And it was really important customers. So we'd start to throw everybody in there, right? <laughs> Where it's like an unusually large team around this because it's such an important project and all these things. And before you know it, actually causing tons of problems because now you have potentially, in, in this example, we had multiple creative directors in there, uh, art directors, all different kind of people that had opinions, right? So it actually, in my opinion, definitely made the project slower for one, because we couldn't move as fast like we normally would on the project just because there were more opinions, more people doing, you know, people going on different directions, right? And, and doing different work, nobody else knew they were working on, they would come and present it, we're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So it's, it's a lot harder to manage in general and people just tend to go in different directions. Um, but from a quality standpoint, I think for that reason, everybody's minds were not on the same problem and solution. They were kind of in different directions. So ultimately, I think it did give a better result in the end. So myth number four, working remote is less productive. And I think we talked about this in episode seven a little bit, working from home. But 
in many cases, that's actually the, the complete opposite. Um, people are more productive at home. Um, and just to get some stats around this, because that's, I think, our opinion, but <laughs> there is some data around this. Uh, there's a Stanford University study that looked at companies like Zapier and Xerox and U.S. Department of Transportation, and they all have one thing in common, that telecommuters are 14% more productive um, than their in-office colleagues. So according to that study, so there's some hard data around it. Um, but Tom and I, I know, like I've been working remotely for a number of years at this point, probably going on eight years at this point, pretty much almost full-time remotely the whole time. Um, I am definitely more productive uh, as a whole than I used to be kind of going to the office just for the mere limitation of distractions. Um, I'm able at home to control my environment a lot better. Uh, when I used to go in the office, I was constantly torn in different directions and meetings and all kinds of craziness. Yeah, I I feel very similar about this. I've been, you know, working remotely uh, when I worked at the agency. Uh, and then on top of that, like uh, even my role at the, the startup, like I, I, I really, I, I worked uh, in a team, but like mainly the, the work that I was doing was uh, more individual work. Like uh, it was just my, basically my projects that I, I interact with people sometimes and yeah, I could go in the office when I need to interact with them, but nine times out of 10, I, I didn't need to interact with anyone face to face. So it just really did seem like a, a waste to have to go into an office every day um, just because that's how the company liked to, to operate, right? They, they didn't believe in remote work. Yeah, I think we touched on that point too in, in that previous episode, episode seven, but you know, the, the amount of time you lose commuting you know, I was commuting in the city too at, at some point um, from Connecticut. Well, I was commuting from Connecticut to New Jersey at one point and then from Connecticut to New York. Um, but, you know, I would lose, you know, three hours minimally a day just in commuti commuting. And I've, I've commuted longer periods of time than that actually uh, for previous jobs in my career. But, you're, you know, if somebody's working from home, they can start their day at 8 a.m. if they want to, and they're already working for maybe two hours before you land in the office. You mm -hmm. know, and then when you land in the office, you're like, hey, you know, I'm going to get a cup of coffee. I'm going to talk to a couple of people. You know, before you know it, you know, you, you've lost probably in a total like four or five hours just from like commuting and, and all the things that go on at the office. Yeah, I actually really question how people get get work done um, when they're going to an office, right? Because you're right, you go into the office, you, you lose time commuting there, you get in the office and, you know, you go for your cup of coffee and you're uh, BSing with other employees and it, that, that eats up 45 minutes of your time. You sit down, you check your email, then someone comes and they interrupt you. You know, you're just eating up time left and right and there's not a lot of then uh, – time to just put your head down and actually actually work um so you're definitely probably getting less work as a whole done at, yeah i think you know i used to have a have a routine obviously you know i'm sure many people do regardless of where they work but you know when i went into the office i'd get in and you know by the time i'm done commuting i, I kind of put my stuff down and you know we have a meeting right when i got into the office and then did like an hour and a half of work or something. Then I took a break for lunch. I right? left the office, went out for lunch, right? Came back, got resettled again, <laughs> another meeting. So yeah, I think you're right. Like when you look at a day in the end between all the interruptions and all the start stops um, when you're in that environment and then you have the desk visits and all that stuff, you know, it definitely adds up. And, and then on top of that, you, you hear uh, or you read stories all the time about people like, 
promoting, oh, this is why I go into the office at like 7 a.m., right? And, and they're going in the office early because the office is empty so they can get work done. And that, and that's just crazy. Like, <laughs> that's just crazy in my head. Like if you, if you worked remotely, you would have that all the time or way more often. Right. Like, obviously we, we still have meetings and we still have, uh, you know, times where, uh, that are not as productive, but for the most part, we minimize that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think the downside of remote work sometimes is that face-to-face, right. Which we talked about as well before, but you know, there are ways around that, right? You can have, you know, uh, check-ins or events every quarter or half a year, whatever it is, however you kind of run your team. But if you are co-located remote, um, you know, getting together in person occasionally is always healthy and great. And I think there are benefits to that, um, but not enough to where it's like, oh, well, we should go into an office every day. Yeah. In my, you know, in my opinion, just because of the, all the reasons we talked about, it's just, you know, uh, remote, the technology we have today and all the things that we have today just make it pretty easy to work from home. You're not really that disconnected uh, outside of the human interaction, you know, face to face or in, I should say in person interaction. Yeah, definitely. You still have human interaction. Yeah, no, we, <laughs> we, we definitely uh, interact with other humans daily. So <laughs> myth number five, working longer hours will get more work done. So we had a whole episode about this, episode 15, um, is your team overworked? We touched on it pretty heavily in that episode uh, about how uh, working longer hours uh, like will up to a point probably help. And then after a certain point, you're probably just hurting yourself, right? When working longer hours could be beneficial is if you have longer periods of uninterrupted time to work, right? If, you, if you're really heads down in something and you spend an extra couple hours working on that, that might be super productive. But working longer hours, just to say that, you know, I'm, uh, I'm working hard to get something done, like, doesn't always mean that you're going to be getting more work done. Yeah, and a lot of things we talked about, even in a previous episode 15, you know, is that your body will reach a point where you, you reach fatigue, right? And you technically might be working an extra two hours, let's say, um, than everybody else, but that work quality is poor, you're making mistakes, right? You're also not doing a lot for your physical health and your mental health and all those other things that go with it. Uh, it's just not, it's really a myth just because it's not sustainable. Like you can't sustain that forever, right? Your, your body will shut down. I've had that happen to me where I pushed for a couple of weeks, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got, I got so much to do. I got so much to do. And then I would crash. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I have to, your body's just kind of like, okay, enough. I've had enough. Um, and in the end, you know, like I use the example too, that, you know, I was writing one night and I was tired, but I had to get work done. I thought, okay, well, let me just bang this out before I go to bed. And then I read it the next day and there was mistakes all over the place, right? And sure. I had incomplete sentences and it, it actually ended up causing more work because I had to go back and redo it and edit it and change it. And, you know, I ended up shutting my laptop that night, but you know, the next day then I'm using time on that day to now fix all the mistakes I made and, or scrap it all together, whatever I did. But so in the end, I think it's just, I think that's the reality of it. It's like, yeah, of course you can push an extra couple hours if you have to, but that's really used uh, as, you know, used uh, sparingly. Sparingly. Yeah. Right. As opposed I, I, to I, actually, know, norm. And actually what you just described then not only is working longer hours not helping you get more work done, it's actually then generating more work for you uh, in the long run, right? Like yeah. you're, you're basically 
working longer to then work longer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and there's been times too that, you know, I've been forced to work longer, right? Like it wasn't my sure. choice. Like I literally was given a project that had an unrealistic deadline. Um, it was what it was. And I ended up having to work, you know, late nights with some people on my team or even sometimes the weekend, right? Which is not my choice by any means. Um, should that project happen that way? No, but it did. And I had to deal with it. So sometimes it's not your fault, but again, that should be the exception, not the norm, right? If, if you, if you end up being like, well, hey, our company works like this and we just always work constantly and we're going to work nights, weekends, and we're going to push, 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 that's it's not effective. It's just a myth. It's not going to get more work done in the long run. Uh, there has to be, the norm has to be something that's manageable. Awesome. I think that pretty much does it for the myths. Yeah, so tips for taking action. You know, I don't know if there are really any tips for taking action, um, but you know, if these myths kind of hit home at all with you and you're kind of listening like, oh, you know, I actually do believe this. Maybe it's, it's an opportunity to take a look at it and say, does this actually, does the opposite actually apply? Um, you know, are, are you doing something that might be actually hurting your team more than it's helping your team? Um, but that's kind of the accepted norm. So you're kind of going with it, but it might be an opportunity to kind of take a hard look at the team and say, hey, you know what, maybe we can rethink this a little bit. Uh, maybe this isn't benefiting as much as it as it could benefit uh, for all the reasons that we mentioned today. Yeah, that's pretty pretty good advice. Yeah, I think uh, I think if you do hear a myth and you're like, oh man, uh, like I do that all the time, or my company does that, yeah, you, you definitely uh, want to step back and and evaluate. Like, is this is this the best? And and honestly, if if you think we're wrong. Let, let us know because uh, I'd be uh, I'd be really interested to hear some people's opinions about some of these. Yeah, they might have the exact opposite myth. <laughs> They're going to bust our myths. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd love to hear different opinions on it. Well, I think that about wraps us up for the day. If you have a question for us, you can call into our voicemail number at 860-577-2293 or you can email it to us at workflow at rindle.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Thunder Rock by Magic Studio, used under Creative Commons. Subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for Workflow and visit rindle.com slash workflow dash podcast for a full transcript of each episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.